if companies simply hired the best person who is best for the job every time, and it was really simple like that, then I wouldn't have a business. The fact that it's not the person who is the best for the job that gets hired. It's the person who articulates their value the best. And we are terrible at that. We as humans are really bad at understanding exactly what someone else wants and articulating our value. That's why salespeople get paid so much money because they are damn good at something that is extremely difficult. And that's really what we're seeing in the interview process. Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen. Always excited to be here with you in the midst of this hot summer right now. I know the young people are saying hot girl summer. I am well over 40. I am not feeling like a hot girl summer as sexy and as um, This summer is hot, y'all, and I'm a summer baby, so I just need you to roll with me a little bit while I deal with this battery recharging that's happening to me right now, (laughs) having a serious hot flash, so work with the sister, work with the sister. I am super excited to be back with you guys for season 25 of Bold Mindset, where we get to really dig in with our experts that have been amazing and so open and vulnerable and beautiful with sharing their story and all of their expertise in about 20 to 25 minutes because they happen to be that dope where they can do that. And this young woman is no different. Let me welcome Miss Madeline Mann. She is an HR and recruiting leader who has built an audience of over a half a million people. Okay, half a million people. Count that backwards. You can't. Me neither. It's all right. She is phenomenal and the creator of Self Made Millennial because that is exactly what she is. She's been featured on Business Insider, Wall Street, New York Times, you name it. She has been there. And today she is coming just for you to share her story of how you can absolutely be driven by your passion and not just driven by burnout. Madeline, welcome to the Balance Bully Podcast. How are you today? Thanks so much, Nikita, for the amazing introduction. Glad to be here. I'm super excited to have you. I would love for you to share with everyone just a little bit about your story and what you're doing in the world right now. Yes. So I am a human resources professional by trade, and I was the head of HR at a tech company, was the one reviewing all the resumes and debriefing all the candidates with hiring managers and talking about executives, about who's going to be promoted. And what I found was very specific patterns of things certain people were doing in order to land the job, in order to land the promotion, in order to get ahead in their career. And yeah. I thought if only people had this knowledge that I have, they would make much different decisions in their career path. And so I took to YouTube. I started creating content because I loved my job. I loved helping people. And I thought, let's just get this this information out there. And my focus was really to make it extremely actionable and also have a bit of fun and humor because I saw that really so much advice out there was either very abstract, like go out there and network, or it was just <laughs> extremely dry. And so I thought, let's combine these two and make for a fun channel. And since then, it has been absolutely incredible. The thousands and thousands of success stories. I have now have multiple coaching programs and courses and eBooks. And, and it has just been an absolute 
just adventure to help all these people land their career defining jobs. This is phenomenal. And I, I can't disagree with you on any level. There's a lot of information that is absolutely seventh grade science teacher dry. Oh, just go network. You can do it. Have a good resume. Like it's like, well, what are the details? What what do I need to know? What kind of questions should I bring when someone says, well, do you have questions for me? And I'm so nervous and overwhelmed and, and worried about rejection that I don't know what to say. Like, what are those things that I'm supposed to do? So I appreciate that you're edutaining people with information and giving them a little entertainment at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I found is, especially also in the job search, it is such a demoralizing time. Even if you are getting interviews, it's just, it's such a black box that I've found that people have said, wow, you actually gave me the energy to do this. You gave me, you got me excited about the job search. And that has been one of the greatest compliments of, I actually enjoy a job search now because of you. Never thought I'd hear that statement. I never would have thought I would have heard that either because job searching is a whole nother job. And it can be stressful. It can absolutely rock whatever work-life balance you had previously, because now everything about your day-to-day has shifted from not being in your normal schedule and now having to deal with computers and, you know, whatever it is that you're doing nowadays, libraries and apps. Like my daughter is younger. So everything that they do when they apply for jobs is through an app, which is beyond me because that's literally on your phone. And all I keep thinking is spell check much, like, you know, How are you helping people navigate like all the nuances of that without falling prey to the stress that they're also incurring? Because people are having these interviews that are remote interviews now, which wasn't the norm unless you were a part of an international company pre, you know, pre-COVID. And a lot of the interviews are behavioral interviews. So they're nervous about, right? Like all of that stuff. And I, it's really easy for stress to infect the person that's supposed to be helping. So how are you navigating that yourself? Yeah. So one of the things is that we, there's just so much, we're trained such in such different ways than we're supposed to respond in these situations. And what I bring to light a lot of times is the reason why someone's asking a question in the interview or the reason why your resume is getting rejected. And I think when people are able to put themselves in the position of the employer, they actually get a lot less nervous and they feel a lot more in control. A simple example is something like the question, tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to be asked this. If you're in the job search, you're going to be asked this. And what so many people do is they think, well, let me tell them all the wonderful things about me. And like, let me go into detail about what makes me who I am. And that is not what the employer wants to hear. Really what they're doing is they just came from another meeting. Mm -hmm. They maybe have seen your resume before kind of briefly. They don't really remember who you are. They're sitting down, they're reading your resume. They're trying to get, they're saying, okay, just get us started because I need to review your resume. I need to get my head on straight. It's and so really what they want you to do is just kind of hit the major highlights of your past. And I have a whole worksheet of exactly how to do that on the front page of my website, madelineman.com. <laughs> yeah. But, but what we found is that when you really understand, oh, okay, this is actually more of like a 90 second answer just to get, get the ball rolling and get, you know, a good first impression versus, all right, now I'm going to tell the tale <laughs> of my past and what makes me incredible. No, like there's time to get into that later. Let's hit them, hit them with the highlights and then move into the interview. 
Yes, that's a huge differentiator that I think just had a lot of listeners that are on their career path and their journey have a woosah moment. Like, oh, they're really not thinking about that third grade time you got bullied and how that now impacts your life or the seventh grade time when the, the boy that you liked, you know, made fun of you and you didn't know what to do. That's not what they're looking for, for the answer when they say, tell me about yourself and why did you choose this you know, job or this, you know, position if you're in a company where you're moving up the ladder in that way, because I know that's a big thing. On the other side, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs that are hiring. So this is where it gets sticky, tricky, icky too, because many people have lived in jobs for 10, 15, 20 years, depending on the generation, right, of the person. So they haven't really had to do a lot of interviews. And now they have to do the interviewing. And that brings up a whole nother level of anxiety where some of the entrepreneurs that really need the help to, so they can scale to seven, eight figures, whatever it is that is in their heart, dreams, passion, and a part of their mission, they are nervous about bringing people in because they're afraid they're going to ask inappropriate questions, that they're going to say something that could get them in trouble, uh, that they won't sound as intelligent as they would like to sound. So people will want to choose them because the interview is reciprocal. It's a two-way process. It's not just you choosing people. People are choosing to work with your company. So these are like a few of the things that I know a lot of my entrepreneurial cohorts have said, like, I don't know. I'll just keep outsourcing. Like, even though the business is stable enough to bring in an insourced employee, they're nervous for all of those reasons. Are you working with some of those people as well? Yes. So I have built interview trainings for companies. And you're spot on, Nikita. I'm, it, people are, if you think people are bad at being interviewed, they're even worse at interviewing. And it's really incredible. And it doesn't matter if you've been interviewing for a year or a decade. It really, there's so many worse practices that people are constantly doing. And so it's, I understand as an entrepreneur, I do think you should be afraid if you're letting your team, team members interview folks I would recommend shadowing those people on their first few interviews um, and really making sure that they are having structured interviews where they're evaluating people by the same things, that they are um, asking questions that are actually truly getting to the core competencies competencies of the role versus abstract questions that they think are are going to really show how this person thinks in a different way, which actually is is kind of more... Uh, just an exercise, almost like a power exercise of like, I'm going to make you jump through a hoop now. There's just all these kinds of uh, ways that people are not getting proper signal from an interview. And it's actually introducing a lot more bias. Yeah. That, that's a serious thing. I was reading an article the other day. um, I don't remember if it was Wall Street or, or New York times, but it was a woman talking about the Facebook interview process. And apparently, to but depending on the role, I guess, like maybe as a developer, they have them do a couple of months of testing. They have to study for basically an exam as part of the screening process before they even get to the interview. And then the interview is like these five layers of interviews that is a mix of motivational interviewing, behavioral interviewing, and, and all the, the, the hoops, to use your words, like all the hoops they have to jump through um, for what is insignificant pay was part of the the drawback what they were saying of course this is 
what is understood to be this person's experience. This is not something that either one of us are necessarily familiar with directly for Facebook, the company. But I thought that was really interesting that companies now, because of all of the remote opportunities, they're putting in these extra layers of filters, quote unquote, to help them choose better candidates. And what it's doing is it's making a lot of prime candidates that are optimal say, I'm not doing all that. Have you checked my pedigree? Like my CV, my resume, my portfolio speaks for itself and I'm happy to do a normal interview. But now you want me to basically study for two, three months and flip my work-life balance all the way around because I still have a job. I still have family and vacations and hot girl summers to get through and all the other things. And this is what you want me to do for the possibility of a menial paying job because of the credibility of a company. We're seeing that more and more. And I do think that it's because companies are afraid to get candidates in that will ultimately just, you know, not play nice or, or leave. Have you had some of this experience too? Yes. The candidate's biggest concern is time. Yeah. You want to optimize for time to get the best possible role with the least amount of time that you're dedicating to it. A company is optimizing for risk. They want to get the best candidate with the lowest risk of them leaving, of them being a bad hire. And those two things are directly opposed from each other because yeah. companies take all of this time to make sure they're not doing a high risk. And the candidates don't want to spend all this time to to make, make, have it be a dead end. And so these two, these two things are really opposing. And it's the reason why I have an entire business. If companies simply hired the best person who is best for the job every time, and it was really simple like that, then I wouldn't have a business. The fact that it's not the person who is the best for the job that gets hired. It's the person who articulates their value the best And we are terrible at that. We as humans are really bad at understanding exactly what someone else wants and articulating our value. That's why salespeople get paid so much money because they are damn good at something that is extremely difficult. And that's really what we're seeing in the interview process. Mm, So Madeline, what's the mindset behind why we are not great at you know, giving ourselves some big up, right? Like being able to have our, I'm joking a little bit here as a clinician, when I say having a narcissistic moment of, you know, being able to say like, Hey, these are all the great things about me. These are all my attributes. Like, why is that so challenging for people? I put it in the framework of we are sitting in the bottle and we can't read the label. We are so close to our own experience. And it's not that we can't say good things about ourselves, but I often, I, I, I call it the autobiography syndrome, where when someone asks us about ourselves, so we need to write a resume or we need to sell ourselves. We go into autobiography mode about all the amazing things about ourselves and the things that mean a lot to us. Like maybe we've traveled to 30 different countries and it's made us who we are, but they're looking for a customer support manager. Okay. Like I know, I know you're such a worldly person, but like, let's focus on like what they're actually looking for here. And so what happens is then we're articulating the wrong things. Yeah. And, and so you might have all the confidence in the world, but, but then what I've found is when I work with all these clients is I go, I even had some, someone the other day where they were asked, are you an independent worker or a team worker? And are you creative or collaborative? And he said, I am an independent creative person. And I read the job description and I said, 
they're looking for a teamwork person who's analytical. And he's like, what? And I was like, I was like, I, I can read between the lines of this job description. I know exactly what they're asking for. They asked you those two questions, see if you're going to fit. If you answer the way you just said, you are not going to get this job. And I'm, I guarantee you right now, I, I just know, I know how employers think. And so we have such a hard time. We're thinking about, Ooh, well, what makes me so amazing is I'm so creative. It's like, that's literally, that's the opposite of what they're looking for. I'm sorry. Like maybe we just shouldn't go for this job. Mm, that is a good point. And th- there's two sides to that point. There's the, do you want this job? If you in fact really are uh, preferably better at being independent in your role and you don't like to be micromanaged and all those other things, uh, what is it? You want to work fly solo. That was the term I was looking for. And you're creative. Or is it that that sounds cool to you? And yes, you could be independent. And yes, you are creative in your core, but you also really want to learn these other skills and to grow with the team. So really asking yourself what you, you know, this comes down to a lot of the work I do with our power couples. What do you really want? And that it's very few people can answer that question. I'm sure you've, you found it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, it's literally how you said, like, if the companies would just make things easier, I wouldn't have a job. If all of our power couples knew what they want, what, what they wanted, I wouldn't have a job either. <laughs> it's human nature, though. Like, yeah. that's the thing is, like, we can blame the companies all we want. We can blame this person, that person. But it's human nature. And, and this is just the way we have to work through it. That's why, yeah, we have this psychology background, which it enables us to do this work because it's it doesn't come down to, oh, here's the HR policies and here's why this exists. It's like, no, this is this is in our brains. Like this yeah. is the way we're operating a, a lot of, for, for some of it. Yeah, a lot of it actually. And so you're working with individuals as well as companies. And then you have this phenomenal fun YouTube channel, which is very informational and edutaining as I know the buzzword these days, or again, cause everything comes back in cycles. I think that was the buzzword like 30 years ago too, but now <laughs> it's back. <laughs> so we're going to rock with it. Hashtag edutainment. You have all this all these things happening, which makes your life really, really full. So how are you giving yourself permission to pause? I have to decide it ahead of time. Mm. I have to decide, okay, tomorrow at three, I'm closing my computer and I'm not looking back. Or when I go to the mall, I'm going to make sure to get something, you know, get, get some like new bath bombs or I'm going to do something for myself. I have to actually make, in order for me to make healthy decisions, I have to make those decisions before the situation comes up. I don't know if you've, if that's ever been that way for you, but I, I'm such a, I work all the time. I'm constantly moving and grooving. And so I need to schedule that time. I need to be really, really actively making carving that out. Yeah, I'm a thousand percent in alignment. I have power down routine, power up. I have sacred time and I have literally in purple because it's my favorite color permission to pause throughout my calendar, throughout the week, as well as during like my six week self-location. I need to make sure that I have it because if I don't, I will get in the weeds of all the things that I love to do and forget that it's been 16 hours and I haven't drank a glass of water and I didn't get up to have a bio break, right? Like it will be really easy to get sucked into the things that I really love doing and forget to balance it out, pun intended here, guys, to really make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. I'm with you completely. Exactly. And then also I think sometimes limiting the number of goals I have to get done that week because I always feel like I don't get enough done. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this really demoralizing feeling. And so saying, okay, you're going to get these three things done this week and you're going to rest the rest of the time. I don't do that enough. I need to do that more because that, that can help release it as well for me. A thousand percent. Well, you're also, you know, we were talking about this offline a few weeks ago about how passionate you are and how you don't necessarily have to be in a space of like, in order for me to change and create something new, I have to be at bare bottom burnout. Um, As someone else said um, earlier this week that when we were talking, you have to feel like you're burnt to a crisp in order to feel like now you can be renewed and rise from the ashes. And you're really driven by passion. Does that sometimes make things easier or more challenging when you're deciding to do something different, whatever that is, personally or professionally? I do feel that when you say that I'm passionate, it's really hitting on the idea that each, you know, my career being in human resources was really, uh, I was really excited to go to work every day. And then my business, building it from a place of fun, from a place of really enjoying it. And I think that that, that is something that because I started that way, because it all has come from what really motivates me, I have to listen to myself and realize when I'm not having fun. Like there's certain things I do in my business where I, I, I'm doing it and maybe it pays really well, but I'm like, Ooh, this is not fun. I'm not enjoying this. And that is when you burn out a lot more quickly. And so I have, it's tough when, when there's these opportunities in where it seems like, Ooh, that would be a nice logo to get on my, Uh you know, my website, or that would be a nice chunk of change to have. But then you're like, I, this is going to drain me. And so I've learned to say no to a lot more of those things. So I think most of the things I do now really light me up. Yeah, no, that's pretty awesome. I don't know who I was talking to. I think it was Dr. Jolie Hamilton, actually. She's phenomenal. Another sexology friend, one of my people. And she said she color codes her calendar uh, with the colors that spark her for the things she wants to do more of. So uh, I think maybe yellow is a really good sunshiny color. So if she has certain type of client work or even the behind the scenes back office work that we do, if those things actually, you know, fulfill a part of her, she has colored in in yellow. So when she's looking at her schedule, she's like, oh, lots of yellow today, right? Mm -hmm. Versus the green or brown or blue or whatever the other colors might be for the other types of work. And what she started to do was audit her calendar every quarter or so, like, "Hmm, home girl, you don't have enough yellow in here. What's going on? Why? Like, what do you need to delegate? What do you need to delete? What do you need to ask yourself? Why am I doing all of these brown things or green things if those are not the things that are bringing me joy, especially when you have the privilege and opportunity to work for yourself? Yes, I love that idea because the calendar is what unlocks everything. Like Mm -hmm. our emails are a mess. You know, our uh, you know our social media is a mess, but our calendar—that is the direct reflection of our time, the, the the most you know precious resource we have. And so, I would love to do something like that, where I'm uh, being a bit more intentional about okay, yeah. how am I allocating hours? Yeah, I I literally stole it. I told her I was like, I'm stealing this. I'm doing this now. <laughs> Because I color coded for different reasons. I wasn't doing it for the joy. It was just more yeah. of like just organizing my visual part of my brain. So I was like, oh, I like that to to see from at a glance what you could do more of. Um, so there's lots of borrowing 
that we can pass on here for nuggets for all the mm-hmm. listeners to hear. <laughs> and Madeline has given so many nuggets, which I'm so grateful for. How can people connect with you and share all the valuable information that you have? And you also have a couple of good programs that are buzzworthy these days. So you want to yes. say that? Yes. So uh, come come on over to MadelineMann.com. There I have free masterclasses on how to build LinkedIn thought leadership. So especially for all your entrepreneurs out there, LinkedIn has absolutely taken me to the stratosphere in my business. And there are ways to, to completely launch, you know, your business in so many new ways uh, without even paying for ads on LinkedIn. So I do have a class on that. And then for any of your job seekers, I have a resume masterclass and lots of different resources there. Connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, follow me on YouTube uh, at self made millennial. And you can also find me on Instagram as well. I love it. Madeline. Thank you so much for being passionate, fun, informational, and very serious about your business of helping people grow in their career. I really value that. It has been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Balance Bowling listeners, what did I tell you? I know it's like becoming an old played out sentence for me to say, I told you I was going to deliver and I did it, but I did it. I did it again. So (laughs) thank you again for tuning in and taking out this time from your schedule guys of listening. I want you to always know that this is a safe place to come to get the balance tools that you can use to help create everything that you need for your work, life, and love journey. I appreciate in advance if you follow so you can get the notifications every single week that we go live and make sure that you review and rate this episode. It is so important for all the reasons that we won't even get into. Just make sure you do that before you hit the share button and share with your friends because we don't want to be the best kept secret. We want to keep climbing. We are number eight of the top podcast to follow for women in business and we want to keep climbing so make sure you share 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 and let us know your feedback we're always happy to grow and give you more topics and great experts like madeline man until next time i am nikita ren and i look forward to seeing you next week 